Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. A couple days ago, a guy sent me a note and said, Steve, I've been watching these ads on television to suggest I need to protect myself from my home's title or deed being hijacked, stolen. Is this really a problem? And does it really happen? And the answer is uh, sort of, and yes, it does happen. How widespread the problem is, I don't know. But the issue really is, if it happens to you, it becomes a nightmare. And so when these stories pop up, I'm always fascinated by them. But here's one that John sent me last night from themessenger.com. Disbarred attorney and landscaper used notary stamps they bought from Amazon to forge deeds and steal nine New York homes. The uh, two faked the signatures of uh, people who'd passed away or of heirs of people who passed away in order to take over the homes in Queens and Nassau counties. So Dan Gooding wrote this. But it's a former attorney and a landscaper. They've admitted now to falsifying the deeds of nine homes. And what they would do is they'd see where a home looked vacant and double check. And they discover that if the owner had recently passed away, they would jump into that window of time there and do this to steal the house. Now, one man's a disbarred attorney. The other's a landscaper. They worked together between 2019 and 2023 to look for potential homes and then faked documents using notary stamps they purchased online in order to file deeds with officials. And this is something I've talked about before, and this is true of courts and oftentimes register of deeds offices. If someone walks in to file something, they look at it to see if it just facially meets the requirements. You know, is it, is it stamped? Is it notarized? Is it signed? Okay, pay a filing fee and it gets filed. And a lot of times they don't do anything critically looking at the document. They just say, okay, it looks like it should be filed and they accept it for filing. And for, you know, the idea that they do that so flippantly with something as important as a deed does come as a shock to many people, but that's how things are. The district attorney said that uh, the landscaper would be on the lookout for abandoned properties, and he would then alert the uh, attorney, the former attorney. The pair then forged signatures on property records, transferring the ownership to themselves. In order to get the records notarized, the... Um, Landscaper ordered fake stamps with the names of real notaries on them from Amazon. And despite being disbarred, the former attorney used his own stamp on some documents. So not all attorneys are notaries, but I've known some who are. And that way they could notarize documents without going to find a notary. And the scary part is here the guy's using his own name on these documents. But of course, he was using his own name, presumably also to have the things deeded over to him. Eventually, the pair managed to take nine properties, seven in Queens. Some deeds were transferred multiple times with 14 deeds linked to the nine homes. Uh, In November of 2019, the uh, landscaper called a woman in the Bronx who owned one of the Queens properties in question and asked her about selling the home. He then introduced her to his business partner, which is the disbarred attorney, who met her at a coffee shop and made her an offer for the home, but she declined. But uh, over a year later, a deed transferring the property to the former attorney uh, was filed. It showed that the uh, attorney and the landscaper each owned 48% of the property, with the woman and her sibling left with 1% each. And so they just filed these documents saying, yeah, 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 she transferred it to us. And uh, she retained uh, 2%, one for her and one for her sister. The pair had forged the sibling's signatures and used a fake notary stamp with the real notary telling investigators that it was not hers. And that's a scary concept. You're a real notary out notarizing documents, and someone contacts you and goes, hey, look, 
you notarize this document that's uh, fake and you're going to get in trouble for it. You know, really? Well, tell me about it. And you realize that someone actually just made out a, a stamp with your name on it. And they're, out, they're notarizing stuff. A similar situation happened with another property in 2021. The heir told investigators he had not signed any such document as did the notary on the papers. One of the original owner's nephews was living in the property at the time, and the attorney wrote to him, the former attorney, explaining he was a new owner and tried to make a deal to get him to leave before starting eviction processes. Now, of course, one of the original owner's relatives might have something to say about that. So meanwhile, the former attorneys of Beach 9th Street in Far Rockaway and the uh, landscapers of Woodfield Road, West Hempstead, the two pleaded guilty um, to a scheme to defraud in the first degree, plus six counts of offering a false instrument for filing in the first degree. So it turns out that offering a false instrument for filing is actually a crime. So just to let you know, it's a pro tip there. So meanwhile, a uh, realty company, a corporation that the disbarred attorney ran with his wife, uh, pleaded guilty to criminal possession of stolen property in the first degree and six counts of offering a false instrument for filing in the first degree. Companies ordered to pay a $100,000 fine. It's unclear if they've got the money. Meanwhile, the disbarred attorney's been ordered to pay back $56,000 in rent he collected after illegally taking over the properties. It'll go back to the heirs of the legitimate owners, assuming he pays it back. Meanwhile, the landscaper could be sentenced to three years in prison uh, in January uh, of this year, at the end of the month. When I started the Housing and Worker Protection Bureau three years ago, I promised to protect homeowners from predatory real estate scams that often target vulnerable neighborhoods, um, says the district attorney. Since then, we have undone the criminal handiwork of scammers and con artists and pioneered the use of the state statute to return stolen properties to their rightful owners. With the conclusion of this prosecution, the largest we have undertaken so far, our office will have restored a total of 14 homes to their rightful owners. So this, like I said, is a scam that I've heard of before. It takes on slight variations. But yeah, if you own a home, in theory, someone could make up a deed to indicate that you've transferred the home to them. They could dummy that document up, walk into the local register of deeds office with it, pay whatever the filing fee is, uh, and if it looks proper, it just gets filed. And the question is, what happens after that? And so in most cases, if you were occupying the house and that happened, you could get that straightened out. It'd be a pain, but you could get it straightened out. The bigger concern here is that people are looking for vacant homes, especially where someone's passed away, because they're thinking to themselves that the most obvious person who would be out to protect that deed is gone. And yeah, there's going to be heirs who want their share of what's left over, but who knows? They might be scattered far afield. There might only be one or two, and they might not be nearby. They might not have known this person passed away. Who knows? And they also might not know whether the person who passed away had transferred a deed before they passed away. So if it was done cleverly, it's possible that someone might come along and go, gee, uh, we thought you'd get the house, but it turns out that they transferred the house to somebody else a year earlier or something. So it depends on the timing of that also. But one of the scarier parts about this and, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this exact concept before, but I remember first thinking about this when I first became an attorney. Because you go to court and a judge rules in your favor. So let's suppose that you're an attorney, you represent a client, you do a trial. And the judge goes, I rule in the plaintiff's favor and I award $10,000. And the gavel bangs. 
Case is over. That's not the end of it, though, because the words that came out of the judge's mouth aren't terribly effective outside of that building. So that's got to get reduced to a judgment, a piece of paper. And so what happens is, usually, you either take a form, a Supreme Court-approved form, or you type one up yourself that fits what the judge's ruling was, and you'll say, you know, in you know, the case caption at the top, and then all the information about the courthouse, who the judge is, and then the judgment. You know, after a jury trial, uh, jury having found a verdict in favor of the plaintiff, the judge has indeed entered a verdict in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of, boom. And it'll have some other language like this is the last action of the case and closes the file, things like that. So that document, however, is simply a piece of paper with words typed on it. So to make it official, there's a bunch of things that get stamped on it, and then the judge signs it. And the judge signs the original and hands it to the court clerk and goes, there you go. But the original stays in the court file. So what the parties get are what they call true copies. And that is copies made by the clerk that are verified as being accurate copies that can be used instead of or in lieu of the judgment entered by the court that's in the court file. And so, yeah, if you go and look at the online registry of actions with the you know, docketing system, it'll show judgment entered in favor. It might even say in favor of plaintiff for a dollar amount. But if you need to execute in that judgment, you can't say, hey, go look at the, go look at the computer. The Internet will tell you they owe me money. You need a judgment. You need a piece of paper. A piece of paper was typed up by somebody, and it's got a bunch of stamps on it, including one that says true copy. And quite often there's a stamp for the judge's signature. Boom. And notary stamps, same thing. And those stamps are all things that were made by guys and gals who run companies that make stamps. And so they're not that hard to come by. And I remember stories about people who'd gone to the trouble of making all the stamps necessary to create judgments that look real in a particular state. And all they do all day long is just go, okay, we'll, we'll pick somebody that probably gets sued a lot and we'll invent a judgment and boom, 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 put that together and go execute on it. And hopefully they won't figure out that, oh, this is a bogus judgment. So that's the scary part because this is a weakness in the system. And so what they need to do is they need to create a system whereby a true property owner will get notified the second something gets filed that clouds the title to property. I know some places have done it and some places are doing it where you can put yourself in a system that says, if anything gets filed on this property, I will be notified. Because it's not just someone stealing a deed to your house. It could be somebody putting a lien on your house. And if you didn't know it was there and you went to borrow money, you might discover, oh my gosh, there's a lien on my house and I didn't know about it. You know, And if you'd known about it when it got filed, it was bogus, you could have fought it then and saved yourself the trouble. So this is a crazy story, but the messenger published it. Dan Gooding wrote it. John sent it to me, J-O-N, John. Disbarred attorney and landscaper used notary stamps from Amazon to forge deeds and steal nine New York homes, but it's all been undone in a court, and they have pleaded guilty to what they did. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Conversation enriches the understanding, but solitude is the school of genius.